Hello and welcome to episode 73 of Prosperity by the Pint. I'm your host, Bryce Carter, certified financial planner, chartered financial consultant, certified investment management analyst, and self-proclaimed millennial money expert. This is the podcast where we talk about money, investing, business, and life success, all while having a cold beer. Cold beer of the week. Again, it's from Oddside Ales because of the variety pack. Uh, it is their realignment, raspberry wheat ale. Let's realign ourselves with our financial plans while we drink this beer. Here, cheers. Woo! That is tart. That is tart. This beer is part of a limited run. Okay, we already we already know it's part of a limited run. It's 5.5% alcohol. First uh, impression is very tart. We'll just give it another shot here. All right, so I can really see that going in like a a black and blue, and that could be the blue and a black and blue. It's really not bad for as tart as it is. It's got a lot of flavor to it. Raspberry wheat ale. Don't taste the wheat. Taste the raspberry. It's not bad. This week, we're going to be talking about the difference between gambling and investing. So throughout COVID, sports got shut down. Uh, we, we were all stuck at home, and there was an uptick in a lot of different industries, uh, video games, uh, and uh, we're, we're one of those. Uh, online, um, online gaming, online video uh, calls, Zoom. But another one that was maybe less predictable because the market crashed was retail investing was up, particularly through apps like Robinhood, which makes investing very easy in the sense that it's a, a great user interface. That is something all the older traditional brokerages um, from from your, your banks uh, to TD Ameritrade and uh, Schwab and E-Trade is their user interface is not super intuitive for somebody that's new, perhaps in investing. Well, Robinhood makes that easy, and they allow for fractional shares of investing, which means for small retail investors, it's an easy way to go. Um, the problem that I see is that a lot of people aren't treating it like investing. I'm happy to see people, more people, getting involved in investing, uh, particularly people that had on the, were on the fringes or skeptical before. But I, I, I think there's a difference, stark difference between investing and gambling. So. If you're, if you're gambling and you have that mentality and you, it's a get-rich-quick thing or if it's a distraction while you can't bet on sports, um, then, then I don't know that this is necessarily a good thing. But if you're learning about investing and, uh, and, and, you're, and you're trying to understand the investing world and grow wealth over time, build wealth, that's what I was talking about. We build wealth. We grow wealth. We don't gamble, right? We don't market time. If you're trying to understand the investing world, it's a great thing. If you're gambling, it's probably not a great thing. Um, so let's talk about why we invest, or at least why I invest. So at least what I'm doing is when I invest and I buy shares of Apple, Disney, Walmart, Facebook, Amazon, Google, Alphabet, whatever I'm buying in Google and Alphabet are the same thing. I'm buying fractional ownership in a business, right? I don't know that I have enough money in my portfolio to buy less than a fractional share, right? Because 1% is a full full thing. Anything less than 1% is, uh, is, is a fraction. I don't know that I can buy um, an entire publicly traded company, uh, a one whole percent of entirely, one whole percent of a publicly traded company, but I can buy a fraction of 1%. So that's what I'm doing. I'm buying fractional ownership in a business. I become a part owner of that business. That's what stocks are, their ownership, right? You're buying and selling fractional shares or fractional uh, percentages of ownership on a daily basis. And as I become an owner and that stock, that company, that business grows and develops and their earnings and profits grow, the value of my ownership is greater. If the 
owner, if the business does not grow, if the earnings are not getting better, if the company is uh, is hit with lawsuits over faulty products or dangerous products or they're not innovative, the value of my ownership goes down. So ideally, you own companies that are, are going to appreciate in value because they're a good business and their value is going to grow. And therefore, your your fractional ownership is going to grow in value. So I have a business owner mentality about it. And when I'm buying stocks and I'm investing, I have two basic mindsets. Either I'm going to buy a broad basket with ETFs of different asset classes, and I'm going to own the entire damn thing, and I'm going to tilt it different directions at different times based on the economic cycle and my own personal risk tolerance. Or, or when I'm buying individual companies, and I wrote this down, because it, I, I want to make sure I get the point across clear. When I'm buying an individual company, I plan on holding it for a long time. I believe in their business. I believe in their products. And I think that the company is a fair price. So for example, I, I believe in Tesla as a product. I think that they have great products. I think they're very innovative. I think they are not a reasonable price right now for the stock. So I'm not going to buy them. Uh, I could be wrong about that, but they are priced to the moon. Let me tell you what. So these are time-tested strategies, buying the entire market via ETFs and, and tilting it towards your risk or in different, different other fundamental factors, or buying companies and hanging on to them for a very long time. What is not a time-tested proven strategy is jumping in and out and trading stocks on a daily basis. More people are unsuccessful than that than are successful, and it's by a large margin. I mean, if we look at, all you got to look at is, is mutual fund managers. So Mutual fund managers, these are people that are usually pretty smart. A lot of them have CFA, which is Chartered Financial Analyst. It is like a doctorate in, in stocks and investing in bonds and other investment products. It, it, they, many of them are CFAs, and they're competing in a world where they're competing against a bunch of other smart people, and they only beat their benchmark about 30% of the time. Uh, and so if the people that are trained, educated, highly experienced are only winning 30% of the time, what makes you think that you can get in and out and gamble and, and do these different things and be successful? Now, there's one, there's something to be said about taking a subset of your money and doing a little bit of having some fun with it. But there's another subset, there's another mindset when it's all of your eggs. And so that's where I think it's a little bit of a gambling reference. So like, let's look at gambling. Blackjack, prefer it is actually the game I prefer to play it has about the best odds in the casino on any given hand in blackjack you have about a 49% chance of winning which means the house only has a 1% chance greater than you of winning right and craps is about the same it's almost 50 50 I think they're like 48 and percent chance of winning on any craps hand craps roll whatever it is I don't play that game but what my point is, is you put your chips on the table. There's a 50% chance each hand that, that you're going to double your money or you're going to lose all the chips that are out there. Now, no sane person would put all of their chips out there at once, right? I mean, it, all of your money, all of your chips. They're not going to do that because you could lose everything or double it all at once. And that is a little bit of the portfolio thesis that I'm kind of seeing going on right now in like Robinhood is these people are putting half or 100% into one stock for a day and then out or buying options. And just to explain options real quick, an option is a security that gives you the option of purchasing the underlying stock. So you could buy options of Apple, which could give me the ability to buy shares of Apple at a later date for a set period of price. So let's say I bought Apple uh, options at, for instance, let's just use $100. So if I buy options on Apple for $100, 
the Apple hundred dollar strike price, I'm probably going to pay a premium of a hundred and five. So I'm, I'm paying five dollars. What that I mean, what it, what it basically is saying is that I paid five dollars for the opportunity at a later date to buy Apple for a hundred dollars. Okay, that option could expire in a month from now, two months from now, five months from now, a year from now. Just depends. There's all different option states. So an option is I'm buying the option for a cost. Let's say it's five dollars to buy a security. Let's say Apple for a set price. Let's say a hundred dollars at a future date. Now, if that future date comes up and Apple is at one hundred and ten dollars, I've won because I I can buy it for 100 plus I have my cost of, of buying the option of $5, so 105 So if it's at 110 I've won. But if it's at 105 I break even. If it's at 100 I lost, right? Even though I can buy the stock at $100, i have lost because it cost me $5 to have the option to buy it at 100 And so with option, once it expires, you could lose the entirety of your investment or you could have a dramatic profit. And that's a gambling mentality. And so Options can be used as a strategy, but if you're all in on options, which Robinhood makes it very easy to go all, you know, to, to buy options on these, these stocks, it's, it's a problem in my mind. And so the markets are, and there's a short-term philosophy to that. Well, let's go in into this stock today, into that stock tomorrow, move in and out. You're not a day trader. If you think you're a day trader, you're probably not listening to this. You might be listening to this podcast, but a real day trader is not. And a real day trader doesn't actually make any assumptions or decisions on any given day about any stock. It is All they do is write computer algorithms. And their computer algorithms are not based on, I think Apple's going up today. No, their computer algorithms are, oh, there's a Robinhood trader over there that's willing to buy Apple for $100 a share. And I know I can pick it up from, for $99.97 from another Robinhood shareholder. So I'm gonna buy from one and sell to the other instantaneously in microseconds and I'm going to make a three second uh, trade a three second or a three cent profit in nanoseconds and when that happens they then do it again and again and again and again that's what a day trader does a day trader doesn't say well Apple's going to perform best today or Microsoft's going to perform best tomorrow that's a delusion that is gambling that is a delusion again a small being gamble, gambling with a small set of your uh, a subset of your money is fine just like going to the casino occasionally is fine but mortgaging your house on uh, to go to the casino is not fine, right? That's a bad idea. That's a bad strategy. And that's where I try to preach long-term investing. And he, he, I'm just going to give you the numbers behind it because it makes super clear sense to me. Let me get a beer, bra- uh, beer break here and get off my pedestal for a second. I would, I, this would, this needs paired with food like uh, cheese and crackers or something, but I would eat this or drink this. Ah. All right, here's the thing. From 1926 to 2017, this is why I have a long-term philosophy, 53% of days the market was up, 62% of months, actually 63% of months, 69% of quarters, 74% of years, 87% of rolling five-year periods, 94% of rolling 10-year periods, and 100% of the time over 20 and 25-year periods, the S&P 500 was up. So let's just recap that again. The percentage of the time the S&P 500 was up on a daily basis is 53%. It's up 63% of months. It's up 70% of quarters, 74% of years, 87% of five-year periods. And you get the point now. So my point is that just buying in and holding, buy and hold is a 
test time tested and well proven strategy for growing your money and it on average grows it far greater than almost all other uh, reasonable investments cash uh, real estate a lot of other investments and so what you see with the market is that just by participating and not trying to participate in and out you're going to grow your money and that's why i have a long-term view and I'll take 53.1% of the chance of being up on any given day over a 50% chance of, of winning in blackjack hand anytime. Because at the end of the day, even if it's that 47% chance that it's down that day, guess what? I still own the stuff. I still own it, right? So if I buy if I buy the S&P 500 index on, it's 53% chance it's going to be up tomorrow, 47% chance it's going to be down. But guess what? If it's down, it didn't go to zero. I still own it. In blackjack, if there's 50% chance I'm going to win, 50% chance I'm going to lose, I just lost all my cha- uh, chips that are on the table if I, if I ended up on the wrong side of that 50%. And that's where gambling and investing have this different mentality because you're owning a business and you're holding it for a long period of time to build wealth. Not to get rich quick, to build wealth. So we're building wealth, we're investing, we're not gambling. That's the goal. And if you are doing some gambling, that's fine. Just have a set amount that you're going to gamble with and the rest you're going to use time-trusted proven strategies. It's that simple. So that's going to do it for this week's episode of Prosperity by the Pint. I'm your host, Bryce Carter. And uh, don't forget to subscribe. YouTube, Facebook, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you are, that's where we are. Cheers. The topics that I discuss in this podcast are meant to be general information and educational only. I'm not giving you specific advice because I don't know you personally. In order to give you specific advice, you should work with an advisor or someone that can learn your specific situation and give you advice that applies to you. If I talk about a specific security, please and keep in mind, I'm not recommending that security. And don't forget, investing involves risk. When you invest, there's always the possibility of losing capital, which is why you should consult with a qualified, licensed financial advisor prior to investing.